Well, good morning, church. Come on. I uh, want to say welcome to all of those that are watching online today. Man. Yeah, it is an interesting question when Siri talks, and I'm supposed to be talking. So, hey, it is. <laughs> I guess Siri wants to preach today, so go for it. Go for it. All right. Hey, I uh, just want to mention something to you that's coming up in a couple of weeks that uh, are actually three weeks from today that I want all of you to know about. And I say this with great enthusiasm um, because we are a church that believes our ministry and probably our greatest ministry is not inside the walls of the church, but outside the walls of the church. We believe we are a people that are called to go to serve, to take the gospel anywhere we can do that. And in the church, we represent our church. uh, We represent 168 world countries in the church of the Nazarene where the gospel is proclaimed, where people uh, receive medical attention, where uh, they are being trained, uh, ministers, missionaries all across our world. And we are a part of that. And so three weeks from today, every year, we do what's called faith promise. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Say amen. Everybody, everybody that uh, loves to give to the Lord, say amen. amen. So once a year, we have a day that we set aside and we ask the Lord to lay on our hearts what he would have out of the abundance of how he has blessed us and given to us, what he would have us give back so that others can receive the same blessing that we have received through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so each year we receive a faith promise uh, pledge uh, and it's paid out over the year and, and it's given really in faith. You're just really saying, God, I believe you want me to give this. I have no idea. Come on, has anybody ever done this? I have no idea, Lord, how I'm gonna be able to do what you asked me to do. Come on, am I the only one? And, and then we say, now, God, in faith, we're pledging this, but we believe you're gonna provide that for us over the next year. And as you provide it, we will give. And so I'm just mentioning that now because in three weeks, uh, we will be asking you um, to make a commitment to others for, the, for this coming year. And here's what I just wanna say up front. Let me take the, because when you start talking about giving, people always get a little uptight. You know what I'm talking about? They get a little nervous. So here, let me, can I take away your nerves today and your fear? If you, and and I mean this, so watching online, you can give too. If you don't have utter joy in, in giving, here's what I would tell you. Don't make a pledge. And I mean that. I don't feel that scripture says God doesn't want us to give begrudgingly. He wants us to give with joy. God loves a cheerful giver. And so I'll just take all that fear away from you. Really, if you don't have joy, if this doesn't like, like you're not coming that day going, oh, I am excited. I get to be a part of God's work and do this. Don't, don't worry about it. But for those of you that will have joy, we don't want you to begin to pray about that. And I also wanna say, he may be watching right now, but we're gonna have, we're gonna have a friend of mine here from Africa who may be one of the finest speakers you will ever hear in, the, in regards to missions. You know, sometimes we, sometimes we back away from that, but I'm telling you, when you leave, you will say, I am glad that I was here this day on November 8th. So mark that down in your calendars, be here, be in prayer. It's gonna be a great time. All right, can I preach to you this morning? Say amen. amen. Well, we have been in this series, uh, Heroes of the faith, and we've been learning about these heroes that are mentioned 
um, in Hebrews chapter 11 in kind of the hall of fame of those that God honored somehow through his word and they were faithful. We have learned they were not always the ones that we thought they might be. But the ones that are listed there are not the ones that had great achievements in their life, but they finished well. And, and so last week we talked about Samson and how though his life up to that point, his life had really been a failure. He had missed God's purpose in his life. He had missed God's call on his life, but he ended well, he ended well. And we talked about this verse that says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those people that have gone on before us, you have them. You have a mom or a dad, a brother, sister, some teacher, somebody that poured into your life and you love them and they are now in uh, eternal glory. And the Bible says they are cheering us on. They are this cloud of witnesses. And so it says, as we run this race, let us throw off all the things that entangle us, sin that wraps its cords around us and holds us back so that we can run with perseverance the race that God has planned for us or marked out for us. Now, today, we're gonna be looking at this character in the Bible that we know as Mary. Mary was the mother of Jesus. And I think she would say to us, though we revere her and there are some churches that maybe revere her even more, but she would say, I am never the focus. Jesus is the focus. Don't get your eyes on me, keep your eyes on Jesus. She would say, listen to him, whatever he would say, just listen to his, like, if you'll just quiet your heart, you will hear this still small voice that says, this is the way you should walk, walk in it. And every day she would just say, listen for his voice. And so you think about this 14 year old girl, some say 14, some, some maybe a little earlier, maybe 15, 16 years of age, this little girl visited by an angel at night. Now, come on, we read that and we go, oh, that is a wonderful Christmas story. It's a, no, no, it freaked her out. She was scared. Come on, you would be scared to death. Some of you wake up in the middle of the night and see your spouse sitting beside the bed and you get freaked out, am I right? She was just, she was terrified. And then she's told, after she's terrified, and then it gets worse. Then she's told, hey, you're pregnant. And um, you're gonna, you're, you're, you're pregnant, though you've never been with a man, you're, you're pregnant. And oh, by the way, you are pregnant with God. <laughs> I mean, you talk about this little girl. In fact, the angel said, I give you good news, but can I just, I'm just imagine, I have to put myself in her position, this was not good news to Mary. It scared her. She was anxious, fearful, lots of questions. Imagine the fear that she would have just of what people would say or how people would think about her. And so there's this little teenage girl who's been told this frightening news that has scared her. And she has all of these questions. What are people going to say? My life is now ruined. There's this great scandal about me. In fact, in her day, um, you know, it would, it would even be to the point if the religious leaders found out, it could even mean a stoning for her. 
And I think that if Mary were to say something to us today, looking back, here's what I think she would say. When God places you in a difficult situation, when you are at a place you don't understand, when you are at a place that's, that's very fearful, when he allows you to go through a hard time, something that does not make sense and makes you feel very uncomfortable. Here's what I, now she didn't say it in that moment, but I think looking back, here's what she would say. Look for divine moments that God will bring. Look for something divine that God will do in your life in those moments that you don't understand. Because here's what she would say. She would say, God's ways are not always our ways. Come on, if you're Mary, are you planning this the way God did? No way, she never thought of that. She would say, you often don't see or understand or know the background of all that God is doing. So when you come to a difficult situation, because she's trying to encourage us on in our race. So she's saying, this will help you. When you come into a difficult situation, if you've ever been in a difficult situation, say amen. That should have been all of us. If the person next to you didn't say amen, you bring them to the altar at the end of the service today. She would say, in those difficult moments of life, look for God. Look for God doing something great. Don't miss the divine moments with God. And she would say, he is probably trying to have more of these than you realize in your life. And so there's some things that we learned from Mary. Uh, let me just give a few of them to you. One is divine moments, look for divine moments, and they often seem impossible. That he's gonna ask you to do something that looks too big. He may do that in three weeks with some of you, and you may look at what he's laying on your heart and you will just go, it just seems so big. I, I, don't, I don't think I can do that. It's, it seems so big. He's gonna ask you to do something often that seems way bigger than you are. He's gonna ask you to give something that seems impossible. Like, I, I just can't, I just can't, I can't do that. Vicki and, and I just a few weeks ago did something that was beyond what we thought we were gonna do and, and we, we gave to something, and I was just sitting here in my office this morning thinking of just in the last couple of weeks, some of the blessings that we have received that, that we weren't expecting were more than what we sacrificed. Come on, somebody know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's the surprises of God. He'll put you in a situation that, that will seem bigger than you over your head. And so the angel says to her, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You're not even pregnant. You, you, you didn't have relations with a guy, but you're gonna be pregnant and you're gonna give birth to a son and you're gonna call him Jesus and he, he's, gonna be, he's gonna be great. He's gonna be the son of the most high. And she is just stunned and so, the Lord God, the angel said, will give you the throne of his father, David. He's gonna reign over Jacob's descendants. His kingdom's gonna live forever and ever. Come on, you're a 14 year old girl. You're listening to all this. What are you thinking? Here's what you're thinking. How in the world can't this be? Doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I'm just, I'm still a virgin. How is it possible that I could be conceiving a son. And God will often move 
in your life. And it often will not make sense. And often you will not be able to figure it out. You won't understand how he's working all of this for good. It just won't make sense. I mentioned a few weeks ago that when we received a call to come here, um, there were about 10 major things that we looked at and we said in our eyes, in our humanness, we said, those are impossibility. Those are roadblocks for us being able to go to this foreign land called Kokomo, Indiana. But looking back, watch this. Now that we're on the other side and we look back, we see how what was impossible in our eyes was possible with God and how God took every one of those away. Because when you, only, when you only go on what you see, when you only go on what you understand, what, what you are doing is you have reduced God to the size of your brain. And many of us have to go from here to here. You have to go from what you understand to what you believe here in your heart in order to grab hold of and see God do something wonderful in divine moments in your life. I think another thing Mary would say is when divine moments happen, just say yes. Hey, we just sang about it. We might as well live like it, right? I'll just say yes. You, you can't figure it all out at first. Many times when a divine moment comes, it just doesn't makes sense. And I'm just telling you, I have lived my life there where these things would happen and nothing made sense. And, and, and I could not figure it out, but we want to. But when a divine moment comes, faith, that which you don't see, faith, that which you don't understand, faith, that which doesn't make sense, Watch this, faith always, be, always comes before a miracle. Faith always comes. In fact, scripture says without faith, we can't even please God. You can't figure it out. So Mary, not being able to figure it out, she said, uh, okay, well, I'm a servant of the Lord. So May whatever you just said be fulfilled in my life. She didn't say it would be, she said, may it be. She didn't know for sure she's stepping out on faith. She's believing that this person that came to this angel in the middle of the night and gave her this incredibly horrifying news from her perspective, she's not able to figure it all out, but she says, may, may what you just said be fulfilled through me. And so you know what happened in the next few weeks, days, weeks, months? She starts like showing a little more and a little more, like some of you did during COVID-19. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the more she showed, the more the rumor mill started. The more she showed, the more tempted she was to not believe. And then she has to tell Joseph. <laughs> Come on, wouldn't that have been a cool conversation to look in on? Like, hey, Joseph, sit down. 
I got some really interesting news to tell you. And Joseph's thinking, his life is ruined. His reputation is ruined. I've got to secretly put her away so nobody will know so that I can spare my reputation. They stone people for this. She had to then face her parents. Come on, mom and dad. Imagine your little girl coming in one night telling you this story, right? She had to tell Joseph. She had to tell her friends. She had to face the religious leaders knowing that it could cost her her life. And here's here's why I mention all that. This was not such a celebratory moment for Mary. This was terrifying for her. It was a difficult situation that she did not understand. What do you do in your life when you run into difficult situations that you don't understand and you can't figure out? Yesterday, I was... um, I was sitting in the office yesterday morning and I received a call from a fireman in our church and said, Pastor, um, um, and they let me know that um, Lowell Beck passed away. Um, I got my car, went just a few blocks down here and I sat there with Peggy. Sat with the family. We grieved together, shared together, prayed together. I stayed until, you know, they had come to get him. And, um, and I'm saying that because in the midst of trying to encourage Peggy, she said something to the effect of, Pastor, I'm, I'm grieving, I miss him, I loved him. We had 68 years together. <laughs> but my hope is in the Lord. And there was such a peace that came into the house. She said, I know, I know that, that I know this presence kind of with me right now, the memory, we talked about memories, but she said, I know I will see him again. It was hope in that moment. So I came back to the church and I wrote these words that I felt like She, the Lord used her, Peggy, to give me these words to remind me about the message today and to remind me about difficult times in my own life. And here it is. In times of difficult situation, your hope has to be bigger than your hurt. (laughs) The promise has to be bigger than your pain. And this little teenage girl is in fear and she says to God, may it be to me, as you have said, why? Because her hope was bigger than her hurt. Her promise that the angel had given to her was bigger than the pain that she was experiencing. And in the midst of, she said, may your word be to me as you have said. And in the midst of difficult situations, I have found, Mary would tell us, in the midst of those times, you have to run to the word. Scripture said, your word is a lamp unto my path, a light unto my feet. I hide your what? 
word in my heart. Why? So that I may not sin against you. I hide your word in my heart. Why? So that I get through difficult times because it is my hope and my hope is greater than the hurt of what I am experiencing. Because when God says something, come on church, get ready for an amen. When God says something in his word, he is going to do it. <laughs> Whoo, I'm doing really well this morning. All right. Looking for divine moments can bring God's best in your life that you never expected. This means that when God is moving in your life, differently than you want him to, differently than you hoped he would. Listen, that means that when God is doing it differently than you would do it, he is right. He's doing it better than you would do it. He has a bigger plan than what you have in your mind. And the older I get and the longer I walk with the Lord, the more I am learning to be comfortable in not understanding everything that happens to me or in me. You may never understand what's going on in your life. You may never understand in this world why you experience the pain that you experience. You may never understand the loss that occurred to you and why did it happen. I don't know why it happened. But what I think and what I believe and what I know is that one day when you get to heaven, all of it will make sense. I was sharing with somebody this past week, I think when you get to heaven, there's gonna be, you know, the Bible says in heaven are different rooms or mansions. And I think, I think there'll be all kind of different rooms, you know, like uh, I think one of them will be a question and answer room where you can go and you can ask any question uh, of what happened you know, in your life or on this earth, and you will get an answer. And I think the room will be easy to find because I think it will have the longest line to get in, right? And if you can't see the line, I think you'll be able to find it by hearing because what you'll hear is, ah, because everything will make sense. Mary had doubts, probably got discouraged, right? Probably times where she just got defeated so what does she do? She's, she's, um, she's there and she's, in, and, and she's hearing all of this stuff. She's facing her friends. She's facing her parents. She's facing religious leaders. So what does Mary do? Think about this. What does Mary do in her difficulty? She gets out of town. And where does she go? She goes to see her cousin, Elizabeth, which was John the Baptist's mother. And when Elizabeth saw Mary coming, says in a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child that you are going to bear. She's encouraging Mary. Why? She would, probably could tell she's a little defeated. She could probably tell she's a little beaten down. And so she gets around, Mary gets around somebody that's gonna lift her up. And then it goes on to say, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. The longer you walk with God, not just knowing God, I'm talking about walking with him. I'm talking about intimate relationship with him every day. The more you walk with him, the more your confidence grows, come on, in whatever it is that he allows you to face. 
You don't understand it, but you have confidence to believe, even though I don't understand it, God's got this. God's working in it. I don't see it, but he's working. See, I couldn't preach this way 40 years ago. Do you know why? (laughs) Because I hadn't walked with him very long. But I have walked with him so many years and I have been through so many times of difficulty that I did not understand where I would call out to him and I would have to say like Mary, may it be to me like you have said that I have walked with him so long that I have more confidence today than I had before. Mary's embarrassed, fearful, worried. She's, she's confused. Here, in that moment, she's 14 years of age. She's overwhelmed with all of this stuff at 14. But roll the clock ahead 30 years. She knows Jesus. Her confidence level in Jesus has gone up. She's watched him she, she, she has seen him. Her, her confidence level just kind of goes through the roof with Jesus. So much so that you remember the first miracle that Jesus did? Water and wedding at the Cana of, at Cana of Galilee. They, they are at the wedding. Mary, there's probably some relationship there because Mary was there helping out and, and they run out of wine. And I, I know that's probably not the right analogy in a Nazarene church, but... They, they ran out of wine and their custom was, that was an embarrassment, a humiliation. And so she just looks at Jesus and she goes, hey, Jesus, do your thing. <laughs> and Jesus is like, no, 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 mama, mama, it's not my time. She said, no, son, this is your mama speaking, do it. And she goes to the servants, watch this. She goes to the servants and she says, hey, whatever he says, you do it. (laughs) It looks bad right now. You're embarrassed right now. The servants were humiliated. He says, I know it looks bad, but listen, you do whatever he says and it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be good. You know, uh, does your mind ever look at the scripture and then uh, like you kind of like wonder or make stuff up that may have happened? Well, I like to put myself sometimes in the context and there is absolutely nothing in the Bible that would suggest this because the only thing we know about Jesus from the time he was born and dedicated, it says he grew, you know, he grew. Um. But you know, I'm just wondering like when he's young, like his mama one night said, hey, Jesus, um, uh, you know, it's after dinner and uh, she's done, she's done fixed everything. She's wanting him to help with dishes. And he says, mama, mama, could I have me another piece of cake? And she's like, Jesus, there is no cake left. Your dad done had four pieces, no cake left. And you know, he was like, Hey, mama, go check one more time. (laughs) Just look one more time. I don't know, I don't know what happened, but her history with God and her history with Jesus gave her a confidence in God to say, I don't know exactly how Jesus will do it, but whatever he says, you listen to that boy. 
when you know you have God's presence and you know you have God's strength (laughs) in your life every day, come on, it gives you a godly confidence. See, when I started out years ago, when we started out, I had a great deal of self-confidence. But the more I have failed in my self-confidence, the more I have learned to trust in God's confidence. And I have now not self-confidence in my life. I have a godly confidence because I have seen him work so many times. Why do, why do you hear me encourage you almost every week that I'm up here? I encourage you to get in and in, in spend time with God each day. I encourage you to spend time in his word, to spend time in prayer, to spend time listening to some music. Why? Because I know if you will do that and you will get in his presence, it will give you a godly confidence in your life for whatever it is that you're facing. So Mary is now encouraging us, she has lived her life and she is now cheering us on what would be some things that she would say to us. So let me give them to you. Those are your note takers, get ready to take your notes. The first one is you have to, if you wanna keep this God confidence alive, you have to stay, stay connected to him. You have to stay close to him every day. And let me, say, let me say something to all of you that are in this place, but especially those of you that are watching online. Come on. For some of you, not all of you, but for some of you, the only connection you have to God every week is online or in this place. And if that is all you have, it is not enough. You have to be connected to him, stay close to him every day. And the best way to stay connected is to stay connected to him through worship. I mean, just worship. The best way to get out of your funk and whatever difficult situation you are in is to spend time with him in his presence in worship. Regardless of what you're experiencing, regardless of what you're feeling, regardless of what song's being sung, you come into his presence and you just worship him. And and, and if you wanna do that, then you have to get past Facebook and the news and oh my goodness, get past the political garbage. Now vote, go vote. Every Christian should vote, come on. But don't let that be your hope and don't let that be your source. Get into a quiet place, turn on a song, listen to some worship. You've got everything you could ever wanna listen to available at your fingertips. So don't be complaining, you don't get to hear whatever. You you got whatever you want. So whatever it takes to get you into his presence, you, you do that, quiet your spirit, spend some moments reflecting on God's goodness to you, how blessed you are, how, how much he has favored you and you worship him. Because we learned last week that he is as close as the mention of his name. We learned last week, if you will draw close to him, he will draw close to you. Can I get an amen? So let me give you the Christmas story. Now that'll be coming up. Can you believe Christmas is already here? Um, just a few weeks away. 
And um, I mean, the kind of year we've had in 2020, doesn't it, it seems like we should just bypass Christmas, go right into 2021. But uh, here we go. Let me give you the Christmas story. So Mary, uh, in the Christmas story, it said they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now, this is really the, this is this, I don't have time to get into this, but this idea of hurry is the story of our day. And one of the reasons that some of you don't get into his presence every day is because your life could best be described as this right here, hurried. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Um, everyone's hurrying about, everybody's excited, everybody's you know, telling everybody, but not Mary, watch this. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary quieted herself and worshiped God in the midst of it all. And so many of you are desperate for this and you don't even realize it. To be in his presence every day, worshiping him, time with God, a little worship music, a little scripture, breathing a prayer to him, sharing your heart with him, letting him speak to you in your times of trouble and, des and desperation. And what you will find is as you do that, it will lift you out. Jesus said, when you're joined with me, when we're like together, I love the way the message put the, puts this, um, the relationship is intimate and organic. In other words, it's not just a ritual. This is a real, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated from me though, you can't produce anything. I think another thing that Mary would tell us is keep your life connected to your purpose. Preacher, you done talked about that last week. I know, I'm gonna talk about it again today. Think of Mary's life, ridiculed every day, people pointing fingers, she's walking down the street, that's the girl. She's embarrassed by her condition, people don't believe her. She's young, afraid, confused. How did she keep going every day? Her purpose. God had come and given her her purpose. She believes that she's actually carrying around in her the savior of the world. How did she keep going? She just was fulfilling her purpose. She probably got discouraged. So God frequently sent people her way or angels her way to encourage her. You remember when Jesus was dedicated and she took him before Simeon in the temple and they dedicated Jesus back to the Lord, which was like their custom. Um, by the way, um, it's kind of a custom we have here when, when you have a little child, those that are Christ followers, we dedicate little children here. We don't baptize them. That is an act on their part, their faith, their commitment. But dedication is an act on the parent's part to say God gave us this precious boy or this precious girl and now we wanna dedicate them back 
to the Lord that they would be used for his purposes in their life. That's what dedication is. If you have never had your little children dedicated, um, contact the office. We will set that up, get that, get that arranged. I have, um, I have dedicated little infants. Uh, I've dedicated children two, three, four, five years of age. Um, a f- couple years ago, I actually dedicated a 14, 15-year-old teenage daughter because her parents said we never dedicated her to the Lord And it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. Now watch. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, this child, watch this, this child is destined. He's saying, listen, you're carrying around something you don't understand. It seems like like a tragedy, but this, this child is going to be great. And he's encouraging her. He is gonna be great to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And I've asked this question of you so often and I'll ask it again, what is your purpose? Do you know why God puts you on this earth? It's not for the job you have, that's a living. What what is the purpose? Because it matters greatly to you and it matters to others. And here's the deal with this, knowing your purpose in life is the key to the success in your life. How do you know if your life is successful? Oh, I made a lot of money. That doesn't mean anything in the end, it's all gonna get burned away. Well, I had great position, means nothing. We will all be level at the foot of the cross. What matters? Your purpose, it defines your success in life. And if you don't know the ministry God has called you to do in order that the body, the church functions well, then what will happen at the end, you will determine yourself that your life stinks. And that's why Paul said this, this is why. This is why, your purpose, I'm reminding you to fan into flame the spiritual gift that God gave to you. Find out what it is. Your life will come alive when you find out what that spiritual gift is, what your purpose is. And then uh, this is why I remind you, he said, and then this, Mary would say, keep your heart connected to people. In the heat of the moment, Mary found people that would encourage her. She had a small group that she could connect to that would lift her up, that would believe in her. Watch this. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months. She's like, I ain't going back to Nazareth. (laughs) They'll talk about you. They'll criticize you. They'll point their finger at you. Um, But Elizabeth is such an encouragement to me. Elizabeth lifts me up. And that's why last week I said one of the most important things in your life is to be careful those people that you hang around and put yourself around people that will lift you up and make your life better. Why come into this place every week? Why watch online every week? I mean, you could, just, uh, you could just sit at home and read your Bible, right? You could just send your tithe in. Why, why come into this place every week? It's so that you can be encouraged and lifted up. 
It's so that the word of God can speak truth into your life and that your life will be better when you leave this place. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that as best as I can. I'm gonna try to encourage you with the word of God every week and lift you up. People in your class, people in your group, when you get together, hopefully the, they will do that for you. They will lift you up and that's why you need to be here. That's why you need to be here, to be encouraged and lifted up and blessed by other people because we were created to be around people. That's what you need to be connected. Hebrew writer said, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. How do we encourage one another? Love one another, spur one another on. You're doing good, you're doing good. Thank you for what you did. Thank you, you know, Sarah, for that song right before this message. Thank you, praise team, for leading us, ushering into the presence of God. We're encouraging one another. Thank you, all of our camera operators and our sound people up there because we would be nothing without them. Come on. We're encouraging one another, not giving up meeting together. <laughs> Boy, this could, be a, this could be like the theme of our day. As some have now become accustomed to doing um, and all the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. All right, let me finish the message with this. I think the last thing Mary would say to us is this. If you wanna, if you wanna overcome difficult situations in your life, you have to keep your mind connected to a bigger picture than what's going on in your life. Jesus is 33 years of age. Mary's watching as they beat him to an unrecognizable animal. They say that he was not even recognizable as a human being. They wrapped these cat of nine tail chunks of glass and iron around his body and they pulled it until flesh would just tear off the body. And they did this over and over. And then after he's beaten to the point of death, they place a wooden splintered cross on that open exposed back and they force him to carry it up Calvary. And Mary is there watching. They put him on that cross and she's there as the pounding of nails go into his hands and into his feet. And they shoot him up into the air and drop him into the ground. And there he is extended before all, hanging on the cross, being mocked and spat upon. And Mary is at the foot of the cross watching her son. Can you feel her pain? She's watching the child she carried now on a cross, blood dripping down his brow, blood pouring down his body. And she is watching her baby die before her eyes. Marred beyond recognition. No one else would be able to look up and say, oh, I know who that is, but she did. The worst emotion I think I have ever seen someone go through, though I have not experienced it myself, but it is to watch a parent lose a child. 
I have sat in hospital rooms through the years, heartbreaking to watch a mom and dad say goodbye, to do a funeral for a 16, 17 year old girl, to do a funeral for a three month old baby when mom and dad have broken and they are going through the most difficult thing they have ever faced. I think, I think, I've never experienced, but I think the worst emotion is a parent losing a child. Tim, what do you, what do you say to them in moments like that? What do you say to a parent at a graveside that's getting ready to put their child in? I have very little to say. This is where Mary is. And now she's gathered together at the foot of the cross with just a few friends. Um, Jesus' mom is there. He has an aunt, the wife of Clopas, um, um, Mary Magdalene, who was the woman that they were going to stone because of her reputation and Jesus lifted her up and restored her back to life. Because when Jesus gives you life again, all you wanna do is be at the foot of the cross. And they stood there at the cross and Jesus saw his mother. He's looking down and he sees his mother and the disciple, It's funny, uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved, well, yeah, it was John because John wrote this, <laughs> like Jesus loved me. Um, and Jesus says to his mother, mama, I can't, I can't be your son anymore. I gotta, I gotta go. I've got to go take care of the sins of Tim Gates and many, many others. So um, John's going to be your son. You, you love John like he's your son. And then, and then, uh, and then he says to John, now, John, um, this woman She's gonna be your mother now. You, you watch after mom, you take care of her because I'm gonna be gone. I can't, I can't do that anymore. And Jesus hangs his head and dies. And she walks away from the cross in the deepest pain she has ever felt before. And here's my question, how did she make it? How did she survive? How did she get through? How do we make it in moments of our deepest pain? Here's the answer, (laughs) the hope of heaven. She kept in her mind connected to a bigger picture than what she was experiencing in the moment, the hope of a better place, the hope of heaven. She understood why he came. He came to die, that was his purpose. She understood that. 
And, I, and, and in recent days, I have just become so much aware of how we, me, I, we put too much hope in this world and this world lets us down every time. We were not created for this world. I have to remind myself every time I'm disappointed with something going on, every time I turn on the TV, every time I hear this, every time I, I have to be reminded, this is not the place that I was intended to spend eternity. The hope we have in moments like that of difficulty, of pain, of scars, of pain too deep to even express is, the, is that we have this hope of heaven. Why? Because God has a bigger plan for us than this right here. He created heaven that we would spend eternity with him in that place. And when we lose someone, a son, a daughter, a mom, a dad, a spouse, the hope we have that gets us past the pain that we are facing is that we will see them again in heaven. And I have to be reminded of that over and over and over again. Keep your mind connected to a bigger picture of what you're going through. Some of you have lost a spouse. I've been there with many of people that have said goodbye to a husband or a wife and the pain is horrific. But the hope you have, the hope that gets you through that moment is that you will see them again one day in heaven. My mom and my dad, they're gone. Vicky's dad is gone. And we stood at a casket and we said goodbye and our hearts ached. And there are so many days that we miss them so much. What gets us through? Because one day they will be there with a great host of witnesses that will welcome us home into a place called heaven that was created for us from the beginning of time. You may have experienced the awful pain of losing a child. I believe there's no greater pain. I've said that. I, I have seen it with so many. But you are not without the hope of a great reunion one day where you will put your arms around them one more time and hold them close to you. And there are some of you and some of you watching today and you are facing great pain. It may be the greatest pain you have ever experienced. And you often feel, I don't think I can make it anymore. <laughs> yes, you can. You, you can make it. How? You remind yourself that you, your life is connected to a bigger picture than whatever it is that you're going through. As scripture says, we're just strangers like in a foreign land passing through. You were not created for this world. We were created to make a difference here. And then we were created to go there and be in his presence. Your eternal hope is not in this world. Don't you forever get that truth for whatever you are facing and whatever difficulty is in your life. Would you bow your heads with me? There are some of you that are having a hard time right now trusting God for what you are facing. And Father, I just wanna pray for all those here, those that are watching, who are hurting and having a hard time. You know their pain, nothing has taken them by surprise. 
We don't need to understand it all, but we do need to trust you in it. Some of you are in great pain right now because not because what you're going through, the greatest pain you're experiencing is because you're going through it alone. You don't have God in your life and you are experiencing pain and it it is so desperate right now because you feel all alone. And here's what I would say to you, that maybe what you're going through right now, the difficult circumstance or situation is actually God drawing you to himself in order that he might help you. Some of you have sin in your life. Some of you have walked away from God, but he's calling to you today in love. He's asking you, open your heart to let him into your life so that he can sustain you, that he can give you, that he can give you hope. And there are so many of you that desire that. Many of you that are watching that desire that so much today. And my question to you is, why are you waiting? Father, just right now, I I wanna pray specifically for people that are without you and do not have that hope. People in this place, people that are watching, this this part of it is personal, it's between you and them. We can do baptism and celebrate with everybody, but this is between them and you. And I pray for many, Father, today with their heads bowed and eyes closed that would just say, Pastor, I want to be right with God. I repent of my sin. I need him today. Father, some have a great burden right now. And as they sing, as Sarah sings this song at the end, we're gonna have a time of prayer and maybe you have a burden and you just like to bring it to the Lord today. I know there's some that have asked that I would anoint them and I'll be right down here if you'd like for me to anoint you. Maybe you have something you'd like to pray about, maybe a burden, maybe you just wanna stand, maybe you wanna kneel, maybe you need some resource, maybe you need some help for some emotions that you're facing right now. Maybe you just need a reminder of the hope that we have in a place called heaven. So if you'd like to pray, I'm gonna invite everyone, if you would stand with us. Sarah sings this song for us. If you'd like to pray, we just wanna give you a moment to do that today.